but there's such a large percentage of American households that are not being served by financial advisors today. And that's really where this concept of financial wellness comes into play, right? Helping those individuals that quite frankly are in need of advice, demand advice, um, but perhaps don't know where to turn to get it, start to lay the foundations for a healthy you know, financial life and financial picture by really just understanding some of these key tenants and starting to build a path towards where I am today and where I wanna be in the future. When Jessica Liberi joined eMoney Advisor as an analyst seven years ago, she took a risk and approached her boss with a business case to build out the product management group to better support the company's long-term vision. She got the green light for that project and the team grew from 10 to 36 people in just two years. And Jessica was appointed head of product a few years after that. She's been a key member of the eMoney executive team that has expanded their product suite into marketing, lead generation, as well as practice management services. I spoke to Jessica about how COVID has increased interest in financial planning. Uh, a recent survey they conducted on advisor experiences with COVID and their new app called Incentive and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. It's been a fantastic day in the wonderful world of Wealth Tech. Welcome to episode 82 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I run a consulting firm called Ezra Group. We're experts in wealth management technology, operations, and strategy. We deliver growth-oriented solutions to broker-dealers, banks, asset managers, RIA aggregators, and especially to all the wealth tech technology providers through our premium advice and targeted market analysis. On this podcast, I speak with some of the smartest people in the wealth management industry who are on the leading edge of technology and innovation. And when you get a moment, please head over to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and sign up for our newsletter. You'll be rewarded with regular updates, news, and excellent thought leadership content. And I'm happy to introduce on this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast, Jess Liberi, Head of Product for eMoney Advisor. Hey, Jess. Hey, Craig, how are you? Jess, I'm doing very well. All things considered is what you have to add to every. Yes, exactly. Thanks every, for having uh, statement. me. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. We're here to talk about what else e-money and as head of product, who better to talk to than you. So I'm very glad you made the time for us and we're available to talk. And as we were just talking before we started recording, uh, you know, time flies. We, I think we were just talking, as you said, was it two years ago already. Um, and it seems like just yesterday when you're going to conferences, when we used to do that type of thing. And now here we all are stuck at home and I'm in my, I, I, my, an office, at least you're, you're, you're in your, in your nine-year-old's bedroom, which is. Yes. I, I um, have, I really got some nice surroundings here. So <laughs> got the Eagles logo behind us and right. uh, I promised him I wouldn't, I wouldn't move any of his decor if I took over his bedroom. So I'm holding up my end of the bargain here. That's right. That, you should get hazard pay for that. Yeah, I know. So, so Jess, can you give us the 30, not that anyone doesn't know, anyone, anyone listening to this podcast, I know they know what e, what e-money is, but give us the 30 second elevator pitch for e-money. 
Absolutely. So Craig, eMoney, we provide financial planning software for financial advisors. That's really how we're known in the industry today. Um, but our mission is more broad. And I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this today and, and what's kind of guiding our path forward. Our mission is to help people talk about money. So a bit more general, a bit more broad. And our vision is really centered around financial peace of mind for all. So we've really focused our efforts on helping advisors deliver more plans to more people with a more diverse set of needs than, than ever before. So how can we help advisors scale the delivery of advice to more and more people who are quite frankly in need of it? And that is a great overview. One of the things I wanted to touch on uh, was trends impacting the financial advice industry. And you guys have been one of, what I believe is one of the top two financial planning uh, vendors in the market, although market share, as we were talking earlier, is hard to come by. Uh, you have the, I think the top two market share. So you know a lot about what's going on in the industry. You're getting a lot of data from your clients who are both large and small. Can you talk a bit about some trends that you are seeing? Yeah, absolutely. And, and 2020 has been a year to really test some of those trends and some of those hypotheses. And, um, you know, just with everything going on in 2020, specifically the pandemic and lots of changes in the economic landscape, <clears throat> in addition to um, eMoney celebrating our 20 year anniversary. So to your point, we've been around a while, we've seen a lot and um, we're, we're seeing some changes and some trends um, specifically now. I think um, first off market volatility has been a trend that we've been seeing and it's really led to this increase in financial planning and the desire to really make sure that you know I'm feeling comfortable about where I am when it comes to my financial future. Um, as we've done some uh, surveys among the advisors that work with us, we've seen 64% of advisors say that they've seen an increased need to connect with their clients during this time. Again, probably not surprising to too many people. Um, advisors want to stay top of mind when it comes to clients who are kind of riding the waves of market volatility throughout this year. Um, however, it's also really cemented the, the importance of financial planning during that time in that period of market volatility and, and uncertainty. So 85% of those advisors that we've spoken to have said that clients with a financial plan generally are feeling more prepared and have had less stress, discomfort, and anxiety when it comes to their finances. Um, from an individual perspective, though, uh, you know, we're seeing many, many people um, reporting larger amounts of stress. So as you look at kind of those two factors relative to one another, people with a plan saying, yeah, I, I am feeling kind of certain about my path forward. I am feeling excited and happy that I'm working with an advisor, but the overwhelming, you know, rise in financial stress, which leads to the stress and, and you know, issues in other parts of our lives as, as well. Um, I think it's kind of this nice balance of need to the importance of an advisor and of a financial plan. And talking about the number of uh, the percentage of advisors who said they said 64% of advisors say they've seen an increased need to connect with clients uh, about their financial plans. Does that seem low to you? I think with this, with everything going digital now, that which should be higher. Is that, is that normal? Do you think it's a good number? Or is it low? Is it high? Is it just about right? Um, I, 
So I would say it's an interesting number, um, not right or wrong, so interesting. And I would say that probably the remaining, what is it, 36% mm -hmm. of advisors um, maybe are not changing how frequently they are reaching out because they're, they're feeling like clients are in a pretty good state. Um, so they're not necessarily changing anything. I think that the key word there is increased need. So many advisors would just say, you know what, because my clients know that, you know, we're in it for the long run. We're really working on these long-term financial goals. We've stress tested our portfolio against some of these really rough market conditions, market environments. They know that they're okay and they know that they can call me if they have questions. Other advisors I think are really just saying, you know what, let me get in front of this with all of my clients. And that's maybe the number that you're seeing with that 64%. Let me do a little bit more to get in front of those clients, communicate with them, and make sure that I'm reiterating that value that I've kind of tried to hit home over the right. years that I've been working with those individuals. Yeah, it's true. It's not a, a measure of whether they communicate or not. It's whether they see an increased need. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Exactly. And I think, again, like going back to the the satisfaction and stress and anxiety and discomfort and the high number, the high percentage of advisors who said that the clients that have a plan are seeing less anxiety, less stress, less concern. Um, I think that that actually tells me that they're feeling pretty good about how they've communicated, how they've set up their value proposition, how they've right. almost conditioned clients to, to prepare for these types of environments, which have happened in the past and hmm. will certainly happen again. I'm gonna give you a new marketing campaign. <laughs> for e-money advisor. So what is it? Let me jot it down. Jot it down. We all know that stress <laughs> is an indicator of a lot of other issues and stress can cause health problems. Right? You can get a heart attack from too much stress. You can get ulcers from too much stress. Uh, other issues can come up from too much stress. So using e-money and creating financial plans reduces stress, which makes their clients healthier, right? So e-money <laughs> makes clients healthier. E-money makes clients healthier. I love it. Yeah. In, insurance it. companies should pay advisors to put to use your product to reduce <laughs> healthcare costs. You know, that would be an interesting exercise to actually mm -hmm. see what the correlation is between um, mm -hmm. clients that have used e-money and because um, we, we do have a lot of insurance companies as clients and right. uh, they could certainly look at the usage of e-money relative to mm -hmm. premiums and healthcare exactly. usage and things like that. That's right. That's, a, that's a free one. That's Craig. Like your guest for as being <laughs> a one free marketing uh, plan. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good. So uh, another question I want to ask as a follow-up to that. Have you seen uh, changes in how advisors are using e-money now the pandemic or is it is it those 64 percent use it differently or are they using it the same or you know, what which maybe different parts of the system are being used more yeah so it's it's such a great question um because honestly when it came you know we were in the throes of the pandemic in march april may you know come june I was saying to my team, like, let's go look at our usage numbers and see, you know, how things have changed over the past three months. And I was really expecting to see big changes and big shifts. And I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but I was almost disappointed in the fact that not much had changed. Really the biggest change, and this won't surprise you either. I mean, but I was like, oh, that's, that's the only thing. 
uh, was screen sharing. So it was changes in technology and the comfort of advisors leveraging different technology in how they were engaging their clients. We've offered screen sharing capabilities for years and years and years. Some advisors had taken advantage of it. Others, it wasn't really their thing because clients were coming into the office for those meetings. Um, we did see a major increase in the usage of that functionality over that time. But you know, we had looked at the usage of different planning techniques, um, whether people were you know, stress testing portfolios more, if they were adding things like emergency savings fund goals, um, you know, all sorts of different metrics. Um, logging into the client portal was another one that I was really expecting to see a large increase in. It, it wasn't meaningful. Um, so I don't know that I was disappointed. I sound disappointed. Um, I was, you know, it was interesting that there really yeah. wasn't a big change. It goes back to, again, I think advisors have done a pretty good job among their clients who are using our platform, um, really positioning this for the long term and, and keeping them focused on their goals and the things that matter versus the markets, which will go up and down over time. Markets always change. So kudos to those advisors. Uh, I don't know that we we take credit for it. It's, it's the advisors. Yes, the markets change, but advice does not. Right. So what other, I know you were talking about a tracking poll that you uh, were going to discuss. Can you talk about some of the stats you found from that? Yeah, and I think that will really help us to lead into um, some of our new focus on more financial wellness capabilities, which I know is such a buzzword in the industry right now, but our release or upcoming release of incentive, which I'm, I'm excited to talk about. Um, but we had looked at some data from uh, the KFF tracking poll, and it was really around how the pandemic had impacted American households. So again, I don't think surprising to anyone, 43% of US adults said that they or someone they know had either lost a job or taken a pay cut during the pandemic um, as a result of the pandemic. But at the same time, over 50% of Americans said that they didn't have access to funds to cover even three months worth of expenses. So it didn't matter what their economic um, situations were, whether they were high earners, low earners, et cetera. There were many Americans who just didn't have access because they, they hadn't prioritized saving for situations like this, which would cause them to really tap into some liquid funds because of an emergency, losing a job, taking a pay cut. Um, and I, I think that that's a really interesting statistic. And as we think about incentive and we think about the importance of just these tenants of financial wellness, that is really one stat that always sticks with me is that um, so many Americans haven't even prioritized um, this, this concept of an emergency savings fund. We've been kind of taught and trained to invest, to save for retirement, perhaps even save for our kids' education. But this concept of having liquidity, right, having access to funds in the event that my husband and I both lose our jobs, we both take a pay, like the worst case scenario happens. Um, so many Americans didn't have access to those funds. So not surprising that there has been this increase of stress um, and their increase in just the negative impacts from a financial perspective um, from the pandemic. 
Now, I want to jump ahead a bit. We, I know we were we had uh, talking about the your foundational planning mm -hmm. tools. Um, it wasn't we weren't supposed to talk about it yet, but I want to lead into that because you just mentioned um, the expense fund. Uh, how, uh, Americans don't have access to three months of expenses. That could be a goal in foundational planning. Would you expect more advisors who are using the financial plan, foundational planning tools to add three months of expenses as a goal? Um, so it's an interesting question. And I think where your head is at is that we're thinking that these the foundational planning advisors are using that with clients that um, have less complex needs, less complex mm -hmm. planning scenarios, and we're really just focused on the basics. So I would say, yeah, the logic there makes sense that that very well could be a goal there. But I would say even in the advanced planning category, I, I think we just kind of overlook some of these things and, and don't really think about three to six months worth of expenses and just these financial rules of thumb is what we call them. Um, but I think the other aspect of it is among clients who work with advisors, it's very likely that the advisor has ensured that they have that emergency savings fund available. Again, these are pretty simple financial rules of thumb. Um, but there's such a large percentage of American households that are not being served by financial advisors today. And that's really where this concept of financial wellness comes into play, right? Helping those individuals that quite frankly are in need of advice, demand advice, um, but perhaps don't know where to turn to get it, start to lay the foundations for a healthy, you know, financial life and financial picture by really just understanding some of these key tenants and starting to build a path towards where I am today and where I want to be in the future. So I'd like to think that among those working with advisors, whether using foundational for those clients with less complex needs, um, or maybe who are just starting out on the planning journey who want to start small and simple with more episodic or focused goals, um, or using advanced for you know, a more comprehensive view of their financial plan. I think that they're probably covered there. It's, it's the larger percentage of Americans who aren't working with financial advisors today, either because they haven't accumulated assets or because they just are not necessarily sure where to look for that advice that really do need help kind of figuring out where do I start? And that's where incentive comes in. So we're then, super excited that about right, that. You took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth, Jess, incentive. So let's talk about incentive and, uh, and you know, mobile has not really been a part of many advisors um, quivers, you know, what, what arrows they have in their quiver. Uh, we're seeing more of it now. Can you talk about the, a little bit what's behind the incentive mobile app, why you built it and how you see it fitting into the advisors overall workflow? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll take a step back and then I'll get to your exact questions because um, you brought up mobile and it's a really good point. But as I mentioned before, um, as we've kind of taken a step back and even prior to the pandemic, thinking about this need for financial wellness more broadly across working Americans, right? And with incentive, I think you might remember it was called Project Avocado. Um, we had started with a smaller, what we believe to be our target group, which was really millennials because millennials love avocado toast. So we, we had dubbed the project Project Avocado. And over the few years that we were doing research and testing different concepts and prototypes, 
um, among different groups, what we found was that this application had a much more far-reaching use. It, it wasn't just for millennials. And I think largely we felt like, okay, well, most of the older Americans are already working with, with advisors, so they're kind of covered. Millennials, advisors have been talking about going to the next generation of clients for some time. Let's focus on how we can help them extend their services there. Um, but like I said, what we found is that it wasn't necessary just to extend to the next generation. It was necessary to kind of look at all working Americans. So we would say the target demographic is ages 21 through 64, um, who were not recipients of traditional financial advice today. And that group was, was rather large. And all of them were excited and all of them showed a need for some of what we saw with incentive. Um, so with that said, I think as we think about this more consumer first type of application, Right now, we are thinking about how do we help get to those, those individuals, working Americans. And right now, we have, we have focused our efforts with incentive on advisors who work with retirement plans or, or plan sponsors. So there's a large percentage of advisors that have really focused efforts in their business on working with small to mid-sized retirement plans. And the employers that they're working with, those plan sponsors are demanding more, right? They're, they're not just satisfied with you know, better fees, better fund lineups when they're talking about the, the benefits that they're gonna offer to their plan participants. They do want more in terms of wellness and in terms of um, yeah, better applications to really help those employees self-serve. So what we focused on was building a mobile application, as you mentioned, that any individual as part of that firm can download from the Apple or Android store. However, in order to get access to, I can download it. You could go onto the app store today and download it, Craig, but it will require a code that's given to you by your employer, by that retirement plan advisor through your employer to access the application. And that code then will start to pull in information from your employer. And really we've just focused on two high level data points. Obviously we have your name, we have your email, but beyond that, it's really just age and income. And those two data points allow us to at least start to build out um, some high level estimates of where you should be based on your age and based on your income level relative to those, those rules of thumb that I mentioned. And the rules of thumb that we're focused on are, like I said, emergency savings, retirement, budgeting, protection, and um, what am I missing? Oh, debt management, a big one, of course. Um, so those are the rules of thumb that we're focused on. And then of course, throughout the application, we're trying to learn more. So we'll tell you, well, here's where you should be relative to your retirement. And we know how much is in your company-sponsored 401k plan, that's great. Do you have other retirement assets that you wanna aggregate here? And so we're trying to engage with that client by showing them, you know, here's what we know about you, tell us more, and then we'll get better projections as to where you are. But I'd say, how does it help advisors? I think that that was your last question, Craig, and then I'll pause. Um, but what we're really looking to do is focus on, and I've mentioned this probably for years now as we talk about eMoney's path forward, is this full spectrum of planning. So we wanna help advisors meet clients wherever they are in their financial journey. And I don't think um, it's news to anyone that their employer tends to be the first place 
that they're interacting with finances. It's the first place that you've had this, you know, it, it's the source of my income. It's where I'm getting my benefits. And that's a large portion of the financial picture for so many people out there. Um, and it's also where I'm saving for retirement. And that's one of the things that, again, I, I mentioned that before, that we've been conditioned to really think about. So um, we think that that's such a great place to get people started in this journey. But the key in that full spectrum of planning is that with just a click of a button, they can then say, you know what, I think I've taken this as far as I can on my own. I'd like to connect with someone. I'd like to connect with a person and, and maybe start to talk in a little bit more depth about a specific need I have, which would make them a great candidate for something like foundational planning. Or maybe I, I'd like to go all in on looking at my full cash flow and comprehensive plan, which would make them a great candidate for advanced planning. So we're looking to serve all of those clients where they are. With, with um, incentive, one of the things I found is one of the benefits of a lot of the newer technology, and especially with all the data we're sitting on and being able to analyze it better with uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, other tools that uh, have the ability to, to look for patterns across large segments of data. And eMoney has lots of data from all of your clients. How, are you, how will incentive help nudge clients and, and, and change their behavior? And will it be able to do it on its own? Is it going to require a, an advisor to be involved? How much uh, of it, how much is it a standalone app and how much is it a, hey, we're just going to point you to the advisor and have him do the work or her do the work? Yep. So, so what we've tried to do is make it a true standalone app. Um, so let me explain. A big part of any wellness app, be it physical fitness or financial fitness, what we're kind of talking about here, is having the ability to not only show someone like, here's what health looks like, and here's where you are today, but also help them kind of incrementally chart out a path to get to where they should be. Um, so what we're doing is we've incorporated challenges directly into the incentive app. And those challenges are, are simple things like bringing in your dining out, and we've kind of coined them with fun names to help engage individuals. Um, but they're weekly challenges, notifications kind of pop up on your phone. Um, to kind of encourage them to keep going. You're doing great or you're a little bit off track. So maybe think about what you can do over the next couple of days to get back on track. Break it down into these really small incremental bite-sized pieces so that those small pieces can add to really big effects over time. Um, because of the pandemic, we actually had, had moved away from just focusing on dining out. So we had started, um, I think we, we called it supermarket sweep and... Um, you know, the takeout bills and things like that. But so we're trying to, again, be pretty nimble with what things people tend to be spending on and what things are discretionary spending versus the non-discretionary spending and helping them really have an eye towards budgeting for each of those. Um, so I, I think that's a key piece of behavioral change. People aren't just gonna change behavior because they see this huge gap. You know, here's where I am and that's where I should be. I don't even know how to break that down. We're trying to help them do that and have these small behavioral changes today add up over time. That sounds really useful. How would you, so how would the advisor be involved? Would they, um, I mean, is this app, is it only for, it's only right now for clients of an advisor. So they're already connected to an advisor. So is the data going to be flowing to the advisor? Or will there be a dashboard saying 33% of your clients have logged into incentive and here's what they've done? 
How's that going to work? You got it. You got it. So again, I just want to remind you, so retirement plan advisors. So in that concept of a retirement plan, what we're doing is showing advisors engagement and adoption metrics across those plans. Um, so who is logged in? What challenges have they completed? Um, what different um, parts or pieces, so based on those five rules of thumb, which ones have they gone through and actually looked at content for? Another key piece that I forgot to mention, but it's really important, is incorporating um, educational content in there as well. So I think, you know, what, what we've seen in a lot of the testing that we've done is, you know, not specific to any age or income range. People generally want to do it myself first, educate myself before I reach out to someone. Um, and then it's a do it with me. I, I don't know that it's a, there, there's still people that are a complete do it for me, but there are so many that it's, it's a do it with me. And I think that that's largely due to the prevalence and the amount of information that's so accessible, right? We can kind of educate ourselves on retirement savings vehicles, um, should, when should I start saving for my kids' education? How much life insurance should I have? All of these different concepts. But then at a certain point, we're ready to kind of hand it over and, and defer to some, someone else, an expert, right? But I still wanna be brought along for the ride. It's not fully do it for me, it's, it's a do it with me. So I think that the educational content is a really key piece of that to help engage through videos and articles and things like that that are relevant to where that person is. Um, but then, like I said, always giving them the lifeline to the financial advisor. Yeah, I love to see that. That's I think that's something that's that's missing from the financial advisor toolbox. I keep going back to the our quivers and mm -hmm. arrows in their quiver and tools in their toolbox. Because advisors never really do that. They do some education, but it's more face to face, and then you're off on your mm -hmm. own. There's not a lot of how do I follow along with my clients? How do I see what their progress is in different educational areas? How can I deliver them some of software that can help them move along. If you look at other competitors, and there's so many in the fintech space, I mean, I always point to Acorns, uh, Money Lion, Stash, mm -hmm. other things that really build more of a community and really have this strong educational content and gamified focus of, like you said, weekly challenges. What have you done now? Mm -hmm. And how much progress, progress have you made? Here's a badge. You win, you, you, you've reduced That's your right. expenses by X amount. And, and advisors usually have none of that. And they're missing right. out on a whole lot of interaction with clients. And, and it's such a great point because what we saw was a huge opportunity to empower the advisor to not have those investors or, or clients kind of start off with some completely disparate tool that they then had to stop using or at least, you know, whittle down the usage of in order to work with the advisor, but to give them the ability to kind of enable that full spectrum of planning which would give them access to a tool that could then stay with them through the course of working with that advisor. So one of the firms that we work with have referred to this as the pendulum of planning. People don't stay in one place forever. Their needs change over time. And maybe, you know, I, I might want to get into a very detailed, comprehensive plan at some point, but it doesn't mean that I want that to be my engagement model forever and ever. Amen. I probably want to come back into that like self-education at some point as well. There's this really fluid pendulum and that's what we want to enable. And I think that that is a key piece of how we differentiate in the market is, is helping that advisor 
meet clients where they are. I know I said it before, but it's it's so important to not have them using all of these disparate tools. We know what what they're using today. We know what is resonating. And you mentioned a lot of those applications. How can we help arm the advisor with that same type of experience and technology? Because I found advisors really have their whole business model backwards in terms of client engagement, where they've always been, well, we'll talk to you once or twice a year, at most four times a year. That's it. And if you're calling us too much, that's a problem. Like with clients right. are constantly calling or they're constantly checking their the website. What's wrong? Are they upset? You should call them, which is the opposite. Like there's nothing else there. Whereas the right. other apps, they want you to log on every day. Like Moneyline gives you a dollar if you log on every day. Um, they want you to be there. Yeah. They want you to be there. So advisors don't have that and they're missing out and they're going to be left in the dust by these apps that now have, I think between those four apps, uh, Acorns, Moneyline, Stash, um, I'm, I'm missing another one. Um, are these uh, uh, fintech apps uh, that are focused on retirement and savings and micro savings? They've got like 30 mm-hmm. million uh, customers, right? Which is right. huge. It's like that's like Vanguard size just across these exactly. apps. Exactly. You know, then of course. So, but the, it uh, is. It's yeah. a it's a different unit of measure. So they're looking at customer reach, not necessarily dollars, right? And and I think that that is something that we're we're tuned into now is that just because someone doesn't have assets today doesn't mean that they don't value demand uh, and desire and and all of that you know generally will equate to willingness to pay for financial advice and i i just think that again the models that we have in place today which are largely based on fees for assets under management are perhaps not the models that are going to resonate most with people in the future who have again become accustomed to things like subscription-based pricing yes. or to things like, you know, this digital first mentality, let me do it myself before you do it with me or for me. Um, so I think that those are all really interesting trends that are going to really shift how this industry works with individuals in the future. And we're kind of running out of time, but I wanted to get another question out. And I mean, e-money's really expanded since I've known you, which is a long time, uh, known, the, known the product. And it's gone, it's you really moved into all aspects of planning. You've got the, you've always been cash flow based. So you've got that covered. You built out the higher end estate planning trusts. So you've got that covered. So you're moving more into like the, um, into like a NAVA plan. What NAVA plan used to have, to, oh, they used to own that higher end. You've moved into there. You've, you started, you, you built out the foundational planning, which is goals based. So you're moving into what we might consider Monday Guy Pros area. You've offered, you've added insurance which, which uh, overlaps with like a retire up or, or right capital that they, they built that out as well. So you're kind of playing in many different areas. How, where do you, how do you see yourself differentiating against these other competitors? You don't have to mention any of them specifically, but generically. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great question. And I, I referred to it before, but I'll, I'll go back to it. And it's really, I think the technology that enables an advisor to meet their clients with where they are, um, and to offer them this full spectrum of planning, these experiences that you mentioned, and, and like you said, we've kind of grown and evolved over time. So advanced planning, estate planning, foundational planning, incentive, those experiences aren't completely disjointed where you can't seamlessly move from one experience to the next and have it be really fluid based on the client's needs. And I think that that's really important. It's based on what the client needs and wants at any particular time. Um, versus what 
the advisor or the firm, even e-money, right, offers. We want to offer that flexibility and optionality that meets the needs of the individual who's seeking advice. Um, so I think that that's a big piece. I think, you know, there will always be more to do when it comes to advanced planning. There will always be more to do when it comes to goals-based planning. But what we want to do and what we've been really successful doing is helping advisors run successful planning-led practices. And for those advisors that have adopted planning end-to-end, -end, um, we've seen some pretty dramatic um, results in, in their businesses. So we I can share some stats with you, Craig, and mm -hmm. this might be one of those things we'll come back to, but um, increased revenues among the advisors that are using eMoney's platform um, increased client satisfaction. So the results really do speak for themselves when you're using a premier technology platform um, that can really help meet the needs of the individual and, and seamlessly, right? So it's not completely disjointed and you're not leaving one experience to go to the next. Cool. Well, uh, I wanted to go back before uh, we wrap up. Uh, you mentioned that incentive is already live with your first beta clients. Uh, so when do you, when is it going to be available to the general advisor public? So we are really excited to make it available generally um, in early 21. So we're focused on January 21. We've already been engaging a number of firms outside of our beta groups and discussions mm -hmm. about incentive. Um, and we will have it live generally available um, across the advisor base in, in January. Is retirement planning an area that you have been focused on before or is Incentive the first product you have launched for the retirement planning space? So Incentive is the first product that we've launched for advisors that focus in the retirement planning, retirement plan sponsor space. Um, and again, I don't think it was intentional. We didn't lead this project by saying, you know, let's build something that would help us go after that, that space specifically. What we saw was a need among what we call our demographic, the target demographic, target being average American workers. And then we said, what would be the best path to reach them, right? Where would they trust this type of advice from? Um, and, and how could, where are we best positioned to help deliver it? And that landed us among advisors that focus in, in the retirement planning space. Interesting, yeah, because there isn't a lot there. I mean, there's, there's some very focused firms like Vestwell and others that are focusing on the retirement planning, retirement plan sponsor space, but mm -hmm. not a lot of others. I know Advisor, which was purchased by uh, Orion, they had built out a, a wellness app for the retirement yes. plan space. So, yeah. Is that something you saw that as a, as an option that you could get into? Because you know, obviously selling, even selling to a broker dealer, even the largest broker dealer, the number of uh, customers, the number of advisors is, is measured in the single digit thousands, unless you go to mm -hmm. LPL, which is the biggest, but you, or you could sell to like one of the largest uh, S&P 500 companies where they have a hundred thousand employees. So you're talking about orders of magnitude of users different. Was that something that led you to the, the that space? So I think interestingly enough, right? So eMoney's primary market is financial advisors. Financial advisors generally who work with individuals. Um, and we could have argued from the beginning that you know, let's just focus on how we help those advisors scale. 
But again, I think what we've seen and what we've heard is that it really does take a lot more than just an application, the technology, to think about how an advisor scales the delivery of advice to from 100 people to perhaps 500 people. Um, they need to think about service, support, um, you know, what will happen if someone calls in? What will, will I answer questions or will all of that be done in the application? So while we're still going after that market, we want that to be advisors who are interested and, and, and really up to the challenge of scaling their firm and their delivery of advice in that way. Among the retirement plan advisors, they were already working with that large number, number of people in that way. And they were looking for something more to be able to offer to the plan sponsors in an increasingly competitive market. The plan sponsors themselves also agree, right? They, they want increased participation in 401ks. They want increased satisfaction with the plan and the company overall. They want those employees to be engaged and to feel like the, the company is offering something really compelling to them. And interestingly enough, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Um, they're not just looking at retirement savings anymore. There's so many plan sponsors out there that are saying, perhaps we have some responsibility in helping individuals save for an emergency savings fund. Can we do that? And should that be a company benefit as well? So I think that there's a lot there and, and we're really excited to see how it evolves. I'm excited to see how it evolves as well. I can't wait to hear uh, when it gets launched and more input from you guys and more feedback on what you're finding and more results and more, more trends. So looking We'd forward to happy having to share back. it with you. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to having back in the program, Jess. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Craig. It was fun. Hey, it's Craig again. Thanks for listening to this episode. A couple of my takeaways uh, I really like uh, some of the survey results. 64% uh, of advisors say they've seen an increase, increased need to connect with clients about the financial plans. And 85% of advisors believe clients with a plan felt more prepared. That's super helpful, especially with all the anxiety going on uh, due to lockdowns and COVID and other issues. Uh, their financial wellness uh, is, a, is a topic that I've seen uh, at other companies, so I'm really supportive of it. It's something that we need to be doing more of looking holistically at uh, clients' uh, lives more than beyond just their assets, but into other areas, uh, including liabilities, you know, credit cards or expenses, other things that, that impact their overall financial wellness. And I'm really interested in the incentive app. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to getting a demo of it. And I hope it works because advisors need more options to offer to clients to interact with them uh, and with their firms more than just the client portal, which is really focused very much on just investing, but giving them more interaction, more education, and more incentive to do the right thing. That's the end of this episode. Please head over to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and sign up for our newsletter. As I said earlier, you will be rewarded, I promise you, with news, updates, and excellent thought leadership content. Uh, have a great one, and I'll talk to you all next time.